Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Fred Burton. I'm speaking with Middle East and North Africa analyst Ryan Bowl. Ryan, how you doing? How you brave in this COVID? Uh, I'm hunkered down like everyone else, just uh, doing my best to get through it. Yeah, aren't we all? Let's talk about Israel's unity government. Sure, yeah. Uh, so Israel's unity government uh, has been, in, in a certain sense, a long time coming. Uh, and in another sense, it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise uh, in the sense that uh, it's been a long time coming because Israel's been politically paralyzed uh, almost for about a year after three elections, couldn't produce a workable government. Uh, and the only way you were going to get a government was through a unity government, a, a, an alliance between the center left of Israel and the center right of Israel. That was the only way you could get one to go together. That was the only solution after three elections. Uh, but they kept recalling these elections, doing them over and over again until the COVID-19 crisis came to Israel. And, and just like every other country in the world, not only do they have a public health emergency, but they also have an economic emergency caused in part by the pandemic and in part by the lockdowns Israel has taken. Uh, so with that emergency in place, it really forced these factions that really don't get along very well on an ideological level to overcome their differences and, and form this unity government. Do you think we're going to have a fourth election? So we won't call it a fourth election at this point. We will say that this is a unity government and it's a new era. Uh, it's not the same cycle of paralysis that might go forward. What is likely to happen is this unity government will last as long as it can last. And, and what I mean by that is, is that once the COVID-19 emergency ends and the economy starts to move back on track, all the things that they disagreed about, the center left and the center right, will start to come to the fore again. Uh, and, and that will destabilize this unity government and make it so that it's less likely to survive very long. Most Israeli governments only last a couple of years anyway before a new election. Uh, this unity government is particularly frail, given that it took a seismic event like COVID-19 to, to even produce it. So once you remove that emergency, you don't have a lot of things driving it together. How does this change things for the Palestinians? So this puts Israel back on track for its annexationist trend. Part of the unity government deal between the center left and the center right was that the center left uh, with uh, the alliance of, of blue and white under Benny Gantz has agreed that annexation of the West Bank, about 30% of it, uh, is something that is going to go forward. The timeline for that is somewhere around July. July 1st is where this unity government deal specifically mentions that that is where they want to either begin annexing or to be completed by July 1st, uh, so long as the United States gives its go-ahead. And, and so in that sense, the Palestinians in the West Bank are about to see an annexation process pick steam back up, uh, COVID-19 or no COVID-19. Do you think Israel will annex the West Bank? I think we will see large segments of it taken over by Israel in terms of Israel saying that this is sovereign Israeli territory. It will not be part of a future deal with the Palestinians. I think we're quite likely to see those areas to be taken over and to be held. Jordan River Valley is one of them along the Jordanian border, but so are some of the major uh, Israeli settlements within the West Bank are also likely places where Israel will annex and, and will not be negotiating those away in the future. Ryan, how do you see this changing Israel's regional stance? So this solidifies Israel's domestic politics in a certain sense and, and allows it to deal with the COVID-19 crisis in a more cohesive way. It allows them to pass a budget. 
It, it allows them to avoid domestic distractions. Uh, when it comes to their regional stance, Israel's red lines don't really change. They continue to carry out both covert and overt campaigns against the Iranian influence in Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and within Iran itself. Uh, that's going to continue. For Israel, what's going to be really important watching uh, going forward is how far does the Iranian nuclear program decide to advance in this era of COVID-19? And how close does that come to Israel's pretty clear red lines of certain levels of enrichment that would provoke Israel to launch a military strike? The red lines haven't changed, but the distractions at home have. Do you think this will make it more aggressive towards Iran, Syria, or Gaza? I think in the terms of Syria and Iran, it's quite likely to stay stable. But Gaza is a place where there may be some openings for the unity government to have a stronger backing if Hamas ends up launching attacks that uh, cause mass casualties or, or cross any Israeli red lines. Israel has been very restrained in dealing with Gaza the past almost two years now, in part because of Israeli politics. Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu was concerned that a war would weaken him politically. Now that he has a unity government behind him, if there are provocations from Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza, uh, they won't be going up against a weakened center-right government that's trying to just struggle to stay above water. They'll be going up against a united unity government that can take more assertive action uh, in retaliation. Will it enable better outreach to the Gulf Arabs? I think uh, this unity government will allow some of that to happen and for some of that to start to become part of the policies of the center left. Israeli consensus is that they, they do want to reach out to the, uh, to the, the uh, Gulf Arabs, but at the same time, some elements within Israeli society have been skeptical of, of what they can get out of that outreach. Uh, I think this unity government will strengthen that trend and allow it to expand and potentially to allow them to create better relationship with the Gulf Arabs without having the domestic distractions at home and, and make it so that those deals can stick around and those relationships can be built up further. Ryan, what are you looking for over the next 30 days or so? Uh, specifically, uh, I will be watching for the developments between Hamas and Israel, especially as Hamas now has to be dealing with uh, its own COVID-19 crisis. How will they manage that relationship? Will it be confrontation or cooperation? Uh, I will also be watching for uh, specifically how does Netanyahu's corruption trial proceed? It's already been delayed because of COVID-19. Uh, but it is possible that, that that will continue to be delayed and that Netanyahu's political reckoning through the uh, corruption process may be further delayed, giving more life to this unity government. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Fred. Ryan Ball is one of Stratfor's Middle East and North Africa analysts. Stratfor is a leading voice on the geopolitics of the coronavirus. You can read more about those topics by subscribing to stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's stratford.com slash podcast offer. I'm Fred Burton, and thanks for listening.